thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to Flourish with Elise Comerford, where we hear real stories from everyday people that will encourage and inspire you on your own health journey. Hi guys, welcome to the Flourish podcast. I'm back after a little bit of time off from recording podcasts. And I am going to be back every week now. So there will be a podcast released every week. Yay! And so this week is the quick tips where I share five to ten minutes of a quick tip that may help you guys on your healing journey. And then next week we'll be back into sharing someone's story, which I know has been helping a lot of people hearing those stories of healing journeys. So today's quick tip is all about meat stocks and bone broths. So this is one that a lot of the GAPS people will probably know already because it's big in the GAPS world that we really get the message clearly across that meat stocks are more healing than bone broth. Um, So bone broths have been really popularized. They're the fad. They're the everybody make bone broths, cook them for 24, 48, maybe even 72 hours. The longer the cooked, the better. Um, That's the message that's really been getting out there as gut health's been getting out there in the last five or so years. And I'm going to turn that on its head a little bit. Um, And so it's not really me. It's Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride, who is the founder of the GAPS Protocol, that tells us that it is actually meat stocks that heal and repair the ulcerations in the gut lining. So I'll explain first what a meat stock is. So a meat stock is when you're using cuts of meat like chicken drumsticks, chicken wings, lamb shanks, lamb neck, beef, osso buco, oxtail, also the bones, but with meat and connective tissue on them as well. So you want nice meaty bones. So those kind of cuts where you're getting, you want there to be bone, you want there to be marrow, joints, connective tissue, meat close to the bone that's nice and gelatinous. So these are all the kind of things we're looking for in the stock and we're wanting to use these cuts raw. So not the roasting of the bones before you use them or using the uh, leftovers, bones from doing a roast chicken. You can add them in, but you want at least half of what you're using to make your stock to be raw. The other half can be from roasting or it can be from making a previous stock but you want at least half of that to be raw and better if it all is i make mine with all raw cuts and so the reason for this is that what we're needing to actually heal and repair comes from these raw tissues and bones and the reason for the shorter cooking time is that when we start to cook these things longer and if we cook them in a pressure cooker as well then we actually cook out some of these healing amino acids that we're wanting. So what we're wanting out of a stock is we're wanting glycine, proline, gelatin, collagen. We're wanting all these amino acids that will go in and soothe and heal and repair. And when we cook the stock too long, we lose some of those glycine, proline, collagen, gelatin, amino acids. So some people do say to me, oh, but when I cook mine really long, that's when I get the really jelly-like stock. So that is pulling the gelatin from the bones, but we're really wanting that gelatin in the tissues. So it is the shorter cook stock is what is more healing and repairing, even if your bone broths are turning to jelly. 
So what I found when I get my clients onto this is that we see a big difference in healing. And this is what Dr. Natasha found when developing the GAPS protocol, that it was the shorter cooked meat stocks that have all the the um, meat close to the bone, connective tissue, joint, marrow, that people were seeing that she would see that people would tolerate it better. So when we talk about tolerating it, a lot of some people that I work with are very sensitive, very sensitive to any healing foods, lots of things they can't tolerate. And we see these are the best people to test out what's best for healing because we can see so clearly how they react to them. And so that's the meat stocks that heal and soothe and repair those ulcerations in the gut lining. And that's really what we are wanting to achieve. So a lot of people still ask, well, isn't, you know, when you do a bone broth and you cook it, for that, you're drawing all those nutrients out of the bone. Yes, you are. But that's not what we're needing for healing and repairing an ulcerated gut lining. So anyone that needs to heal their gut, this is what they need to be using is the short cooked meat stocks to heal and repair that damage that we're trying to fix in order to start repairing the gut lining because we need to repair that gut lining and restore that beautiful thick layer of mucus we should have there, one inch thick layer of mucus on the gut lining. We need to be repairing and restoring that in order to then start changing our microbiome because it, the microbiome relies on a nice, healthy gut lining in order for it to grow, to flourish and multiply um, in the way that we want it to. So meat stocks really are a foundation of gut health and gut healing. So I will post in the show notes a recipe for making meat stocks. So as I said, it's using cuts like the chicken drumsticks, the chicken wings, lamb shanks, lamb necks, beef, ossibuco, oxtail, bones with meat on, that kind of thing, and you're just covering with water. So that's a question I get asked a lot as well, how much ratio of, you know, what's the ratio of meat to water, bones to water. I don't use a ratio. What I'll do is I'll just fill the pot with what I need to put in there and then I'll just cover it with water so there's no more of an in- than an inch of water over the top. And then you'll add your salt. So in, say, a... I make mine in a 10-litre stock pot, so I probably fill it to about the 6 to 8-litre mark. I'd put four tablespoons at least of salt in there. So that can be a trial and error. You can do that to taste, but don't hold back on the salt either, and you add that right at the start of cooking. And you can add some apple cider vinegar as well. And the way we then use these stocks, you can just make your stock up like that. You could then strain out the stock and pull the meat off the bone and keep that aside and use that in cooking. So you could separate it all and have stock for drinking or you could this is what I mostly do is at about you know half an hour before the stock's ready so just to give you some time frames for the chicken I would do for two to three hours lamb and beef four to six hours so with chicken maybe at about the two two and a half hour mark then I'll add my vegetables and then pull and then when it's finished cooking I'll pull the meat off the bones and have soup with veggies and meat in it that's all ready to go to eat i can put that in containers and that's meals that i just need to heat up and eat so that's another way of doing it um and it really just whatever suits you whatever works for you you start to figure out how you use your stocks and and what works for you in your routine meat stocks can be used in other cooking so making things like savory mints or a curry 
a bolognese. So anything that calls for stock that you can add into it, stir frying meat and veggies in it. So there's lots of things you can do with the stocks. You can even do things like making ice blocks with stock in it, making smoothies with stock in it. You'd be surprised when you have the other flavors in there, you just cannot taste it. So if you've heard of Sula Chamberlain who has uh, the broth bar and larder down in Sydney, she actually sells broth sickles and smoothies with broth in it and there's one and it's like a salted caramel smoothie and it's got chicken stock and dates and and some kind of nut milk or something in it and it's beautiful. It just tastes like, tastes like salted caramel. So there's lots of little ways to sneak it in there. If you're sitting there thinking, well, there is no way in the world my child will eat that stock, there is always a way. So I've worked with the fussiest of eaters and what I would recommend in getting a fussy eater started on stock is just to start with one meal. So if you start with such a small amount that it's easy for them to just have it than to argue with you about it because it's such a small amount, you can put it in a syringe like the the medicine syringe, that's a nice easy way to do it, and start with one meal before their meals and just keep going with that and then start increasing it and you'd be surprised how quickly you were then able to start increasing and that they'll be saying, oh, this actually isn't so bad. So the key to making it taste good though is making sure there is plenty of salt in it and also I do add onion and garlic. I forgot to add that when I was telling you the recipe but I do add onion and garlic at the start of cooking because that gives it a really nice flavor. You can actually also just slice fresh ginger, slice fresh turmeric, and they're really yummy in a stock as well. And then once your stock's ready, you can add herbs and any spices that you want to make that really yummy. So if you guys do have questions about stocks, I would be happy to answer them. So what would be good is to go over to my Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash Elise Health. And you could pop the questions on my page and then I can do another quick tips can be a Q&A about stock if that's helpful for people. Alrighty, have a great day, guys. Bye. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.